Hello, my field daisies. Welcome to the third episode of Daisy Days, the podcast. In today's episode, I am going to be talking about a new social media app called TikTok. Um, it's an app you probably haven't heard of, and if you have heard of it, probably don't use regularly. However, I think it's going to be the next big thing, especially among the Gen Z generation. I'm going to be talking about what it is, the history of it, as well as my experience using it, and some crazy, crazy stats about it that kind of show where the future of social media is headed. But for today's life lesson, I really want to talk about something that I have been struggling with for years, and I think I am not the only one. So uh, we as humans tend to have the tendency of thinking negatively about ourselves and criticizing ourselves to the, um, to the point that um, is really unhealthy. We say things to ourselves about ourselves that we would never say to family members or friends or even strangers. And so if you also struggle with negative thinking, um, self-negative thinking, um, I recommend... Um, maybe meditation. So I have been using Headspace and I've been doing their 30-day course on self-esteem. And a lot of it is just trying to focus on being present. So counting your breaths and when thoughts and feelings arise to recognize them and um, feel them, note them, think them, and then let it go and continue with the breath. And so even if you don't like meditation and you don't want to do it, I highly recommend being aware while you go on with your day, if you start having negative thoughts. And so it's no use to fight them per se, but it is really good to recognize and note them. So you can really, really think about it and then uh, recognize when it's happening and then replace it with a more positive thought or just stop thinking that way. And I think in this way, we can train our mind to really, really be um, there and really, really be able to function throughout the day and really recognizing how many times we do it and how many times we should stop. So yeah, Um, like I said, I am still working on this and I definitely um, don't necessarily think I have found the right way to solve it. But I do think that we need to start being more positive about ourselves and really encouraging ourselves and being our number one fan. Because if you don't love yourself, it's really, really hard for others to love you. So yes, I hope you take on this week um, with a bit more positivity and awareness. That being said, let's get into the podcast. So, without further ado, let's roll the intro music. Thank you, Yara and Gibson, for that wonderful intro song. And let's just get right into it, my field daisies. Today, I want to talk about a social media app that is taking the world by storm. It is currently in 154 countries with 500 million monthly active users. And this could be compared to Snapchat, which we talked about in the first episode, that has 300 million monthly active users. So Snapchat has been around since 2011, whereas this app, TikTok, has been around since 2017, at least the global version of the app. Um, 
TikTok is sort of like Vine in that there is only videos on the platform. So um, what makes it a little bit different is that when you open the app, it's not necessarily who you are following. So when you first open the app, it goes to the For You page, which um, is a curated selection of videos that TikTok thinks that you might like. So this is similar to the Instagram search page, which um, if you're searching for users or hashtags right below it is content, Instagram things you might like. So it's similar to that. Um, it is interesting that when you open the app, that's the first thing you see. So when you first register, um, you'll have content to look at. Um, whereas most social media apps, unless you're following someone, you don't necessarily see them. And um, these videos are short content-based videos. So users will film um, 15 second to one minute videos of themselves lip syncing or acting out comedy sketches. And yeah, it is mainly just uh, music and comedy. Uh, there are some art tutorials and makeup tutorials, but not much um, politics or negative content or controversial discourse, um, at least not on the For You page, the stuff that gets really popular. Um, even if someone is calling someone out, it is mainly for comedic effect. So there was this one girl who called out um, all the e-boys, I guess, like the, the emo boys that look really cool and have, like, um, you know, wears jewelry and has pretty faces. Um, she was calling them out, saying that, that they don't do much. And that caused a backlash where all the e-boys, um, they would duet with her, meaning that they will um, basically have her picture on one side of the screen, whereas on the other side of the screen, they would basically react to what she was saying. And she was like, all e-boys have to do is just stare at the camera and get followers. And then they would basically stare at the camera and get followers and people liking their TikTok. So collaboration is a major uh, part of the app. Um, duets um, are a major part of the app. Replying to someone's video, reacting to someone's videos. And you can duet even someone's duet, meaning you create an endless chain of reactions of um, many, many split screens. Uh, you can even take the audio from someone's TikTok and create your own version using that audio. And what's really interesting is when you click on the audio of someone's TikTok, there is a whole feed of people um, using the audio if it's a really popular clip. Um, and so all the production can be done within the TikTok app. So users can choose from a database of songs, sound bites, effects, and filters. Um, that's something that is really cool, that um, it's all vertical content, um, not horizontal um, content that you typically see um, on TV or movies or whatever. This is just strictly for the phone. And when you record, there are options to start and 
stop and uh, you can record in slow motion, um, much similar to Musical.ly. So when you lip sync or follow someone's TikTok, um, it'll play back in the regular speed, but you can record in slow so you can, it's easier for you to um, sync up with that audio. And the reason why it's so similar to Musical.ly is that TikTok actually bought Musical.ly um, in 2017. Uh, Musical.ly is basically um, just strictly a lip syncing app um, where um, young teens and would basically, you know, do these cool moves, um, dancing and like, you know, putting peace signs or whatever and heart signs and basically singing along to famous hits. And Wall Street Journal and many other um, outlets reported that Musical.ly was sold to ByteDance, which is the company that owns TikTok, for between $800 million to $1 billion just to buy the app. And so I think they were not only buying the technology, but also the user base of Musical.ly. Like I said, they had 100 million monthly active users, and a lot of them were in the U.S., and so they really wanted to tap into that market because another thing that is different from TikTok from other social media platforms is that it did not originate in the U.S. Um, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, all of those came from the U.S., but TikTok and Musical.ly actually came from China. So Musical.ly was founded in Shanghai uh, with the first official Musical.ly launched in 2000. 14. And like I said before, TikTok was really first announced in 2017, the global version. But there is also a Chinese version that is also very popular called um, Douyin. So Douyin um, was started first in 2016. Um, but that's not the only product that ByteDance has. 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 <laughs> Um, their their flagship popular po uh, product is actually Taoxiao, which um, launched in 2012, and it is a massively popular news article aggregation service. So it uses artificial intelligence to track readers' um, habits and behaviors and push stories to them from various sources. So most of the content is, um, I've never used it, but people report it being um, lowbrow, like could be called clickbait, but um, it's not necessarily, like people keep coming back to it, which, which is what is sort of different. Um, and ByteDance uses the same um, AI concept to curate content on TikTok. So like I said, um, the For You page is the first thing that you see. And everyone's For You page is different depending on the way you use the app. Um, Taoxiao, which uh, like I said, is their main product. 700 million people are registered on that app. And this is just in China. Um, their monthly and daily active users are a bit less than that. So monthly is 173 million, whereas um, daily active users is 120 million. And so um, 
even even though so many people are registered, if you just look um, strictly at monthly and daily at their, um, I guess, like their engagement index, um, 120 million daily and 173 monthly, that's a pretty good ratio of the active users coming back and using the app daily. Um, but yeah, the thing about Douyin and TikTok is they are branded and they are basically the same product, but they each have distinct characteristics um, depending on their global or China reach. Um, and this is, so basically it's the same thing, but I guess like the filters and the stickers look a bit different to cater to a different audience. And my experience with using the app uh, I'm 24 and I, when I use this app, feel kind of old um, because TikTok users skew pretty young. Um, 41% of them are reportedly aged between 16 and 24. But I feel that from my experience, there are more under 20 year olds than 20 to 24 year olds, um, especially on the For You page. Uh, so there's a lot of teen humor as well like parents being annoying making fun of teachers and having crushes um but the teens these days have a much older look like I remember when I was a teen like from 16 to 18 or 15 to 18 um I did not look that put together and I think this is because um we didn't necessarily have YouTube or Instagram to teach us how to use makeup we had to figure it out on our own because all we had was pretty much magazines and I guess the internet but video production was not that big or just you know grassroots um, user generated content was not that big and even the guys look different too they all have these cool boy haircuts and they know how to dress um there there's a trend of them being called e-boys and e-girls um but yeah this generation seems a lot more um, adult-like, I guess. And yeah, it's really, really interesting the fact that they are so young, but the production value of these videos are kind of pretty high. Like being able to use the app properly is complicated. So I've had the app down for a couple weeks, but I tried to do my first TikTok this weekend and it was, I spent like, two or three hours trying to record a 15 second video. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's when I was using it, I um, was basically trying to mimic a one of my favorite TikTok creators hold the elevator. He did a skit um, about video games and where you can basically regenerate in video games and how the villain um, didn't know that. And it was just a funny skit of like, oh my God, you're regenerating. Like I thought I was going to be able to defeat you. Um, but yeah, uh, I found it difficult to figure out how to make it look like, like I wasn't starting and stopping um, when I was holding the um, um, record button. And there is a timer, but then you have the struggle of um, trying to make it look like you're not you're stopping the recording. And um, I didn't realize um, that you can basically upload your own videos. So you use the camera on your phone and that allows you to create content that is more than 15 seconds long and content that you can actually trim. So you can trim the beginning and the end. 
But that's still hard because like I don't understand how you lip sync if you have to record through your camera. <laughs> anyway, um, at the end of it, I just deleted it because I realized that my characters were not necessarily were looking in the same direction. So it did not look like they were talking to each other, which made me super sad because I really tried hard to make to lip sync to this um, audio. And that's the thing, though, the fact that it's like high editing and effect, I guess, production value. But in terms of the props and the makeup and the clothing, it's all low value, low production value. So the quickness and the editing feels really real, um, similar to what you would see on music. I'm sorry, um, movies and TV. But the props were very simplistic. So we have people who wear pants as a wig. So boys would be playing girls and they would be wearing pants on their head or a piece of paper on their head or even using um, paper, just taping paper to yourself and writing who you are. That signifies you are a different person. You don't even have to change your voice for real. Like you can be like, I'm a teacher, I'm a student, I'm your crush, I'm your ex, etc. And there is a massive amount of trends that people do. So a really big one that um, I saw that I think is pretty much over now. I think trends happen so quickly. People copy them so quickly that um, they eventually uh, get stale. So an example I'm thinking of is Moto Moto. Um, it's basically from Madagascar 2. There's a male hippo. He's a minor character, but he has a song. And basically a female voice is, ooh, I think Motomoto likes you. And then a male voice comes along and says, I like them big. I like them chunky. But it sounds silly, but literally everyone has a video mimicking this audio. And there's a water filter you can use on TikTok where you look like half your body is submerged in water and you can look like you're coming out of the water. Um, so yeah, a lot of people did their own takes on that. There are even counter versions where I saw one female, she was saying that, um, you know, I know Motomoto likes me, but he likes everyone. So um, until he is ready to commit, I'm not interested. So yeah, it just goes to show you how um, how a trend kind of spirals and how it, it really goes viral to the point where people get sick of it and then they just find a new trend. And that is something that I'm realizing with, I guess, um, social media these days is that it's not necessarily about documenting memories, especially on TikTok. It's more about creating viral, relatable content. So you're not necessarily connecting with friends, you're connecting with strangers. And um, I think in some sort of interview or survey, when asked why people liked TikTok, the user said that they were most interested in seeing people's creativity and having a chance to be creative themselves. And so it wasn't like, let me to stay in touch with my friends, but it mostly was a self-expression that came above everything else. But I would have to say there is a new trend, I guess a counter trend as well, where social media users have a really passive action on social media. So this phenomenon is called passive browsing, where users basically 
just spend countless hours consuming content on their feed without actually sharing anything themselves. And so I did that on TikTok for a really long time. And I don't know necessarily, couldn't really find any statistics really on what, um, how many people are doing this, but I feel like it is a lot because the production value has gotten so high that, um, people that create content, I think feel discouraged, um, because they're not getting that many likes, they're not getting that many views. Um, there is a dopamine rush whenever you get a like or a comment. And so, um, there has been some research done where just browsing posts, all this passive browsing can actually be pretty unhealthy, um, linking to feelings of envy, inadequacy, and less satisfaction with life. And so more research is necessary to really consider these findings conclusive. But for me personally, I do find um, the negative effects of passive browsing to be real. Um, I do a lot of passive browsing myself. So nowadays on um, new iPhones and Androids or whatever, you can check your screen time, basically where you're spending the most screen time on your phone. And the highest one for me is social networking. So this past week, I've spent 11 hours on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and just texting. Um, and while texting is very networky and very social, whenever I scroll through social media, um, I'm not posting or commenting or anything in these 11 hours. Like I'm doing basically just scrolling through my feed and using social media as entertainment. And in terms of TikTok, um, it's actually classified under creativity. It's not classified under social networking, which I find particularly interesting. Um, and I spent 6.5 hours this past week, but mainly on Sunday when I was trying to um, create a TikTok. Usually I spend maybe an hour or two um, when I scroll, but I don't scroll on TikTok that often. And so that sort of brings me into, I guess, the next segment. I know this segment has run kind of long, so the next couple of segments will be a bit shorter. But uh, I do want to get into some stats about TikTok because their engagement index is a lot, are very, very significantly smaller than Facebook, Snapchat, or Instagram. But I still think it has a very, very good chance of becoming bigger and bigger. So quickly, we're going to do a little short, sincere shout out, and then we will be right back. Okay, so very, very quickly, the first sincere shout out goes to my favorite headphone brand called Urban Ears. I have been wearing their Platon 2 headphones since 2012. I have not bought a new brand of headphones since then because I love this brand so much. And since we're talking about TikTok and how it is a video platform, you can't really consume it without audio. And so... If you need a new pair of headphones, I highly recommend Urban Ears. The reason why I like them is because they come in a bunch of different colors. They have a collapsible design, meaning you can fold the ears in. And yeah, they also have a cute feature called Sound Plug, where on one of the ears, you can plug in another pair of headphones and share your music with someone, which I think is so romantic. Um, but currently, I am wearing the Baton 2 Bluetooth headphones. Um, and yeah, they are reasonably priced for high-end 
on headphones as well. The quality that you get from them is really good for the price. So on their website, they are $100 and then on Amazon, they are $80. So if you want to check them out, highly recommend. All right, back to the podcast. Okay, so I mentioned engagement index a bit earlier in the podcast, and this is the relationship between daily active users and monthly active users. So basically how often active users are opening the app. For example, a 100% engagement rate means users open the app every day, while 50% means every other day. So Aptopia, a company, they calculated the engagement index of a bunch of social media networks. And TikTok is significantly lower than all the majority. So their index um, is 28.5%, whereas Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube all fall within the 95% range. So people are going back to these apps nearly every day, whereas for TikTok, it is only once in a while. Despite this, though, um, it is still really blowing up. Um, for being around for two or three years, they've already um, have a valuation of $75 billion. And just recently, according to reports from Forbes and Bloomsburg, they have completed a $3 billion investment, meaning that they are now valued at $78 billion, which is ahead of the highest startup, Uber. Their valuation is at $72 billion. But um, they also plan to go public next year so their valuation will probably go up to 120 billion that being said for only being around for a couple of years this is really good um in september 2018 they were the most downloaded free app on the apple app store in the united states in october 2018 they were ranked number one on google play and just even um the u.s is pretty impressive but looking worldwide at both apple and google um they were number four in the world as of june 2018 and number three in the world as of november 2018 in their first year they got a million views per um, million video views per day uh and customers have spent uh 50 million on tiktok purchases um i forgot to mention this but you can also buy coins and gifts for your favorite tiktokers and give them to them so basically you pay real money for digital gifts um but yeah 42 percent of all their revenue comes from the u.s so that is also very interesting but um, on the flip side, uh, this is another just random fact, is that 80% of TikTok sessions are from Android devices. And, what, and I say this is um, counterintuitive in a certain way is because I'll put a map for my Patreons. But yeah, if you look at a map of which, um, I guess, operating system is dominant in the US and Australia and Canada, um, iOS, Apple is more dominant. But in terms of everywhere else in the world, South America, Russia, China, bits of Europe, Android is actually most popular. So 80% of all TikTok sessions are on Android devices. Um, and that is pretty um, similar to how many um, people use Android um, worldwide, which is 75.9% uh, in November 2017. And their um, dominance of the global market is linked to, um, I guess, the price. Uh, for emerging economies, price is an important factor in terms of consumers' smartphone purchases. And so Apple is really considered a luxury product 
which I guess um, means, I guess that means like it's not as counterintuitive as I thought, um, since Apple is such a luxury product and the US has a lot of iPhones, it would kind of make sense that a lot of people are buying things on TikTok, um, yeah, through the app. Um, but TikTok is so, so popular that Facebook even attempted to copy it, just like um, Instagram stories copying Chapsnat, Snapchat, um, it copied TikTok with their app Lasso. So this is a completely separate app from Facebook, and it is literally a exact copy. Um, it's video content, you can put effects and do sounds and whatever, and yeah, it's terrible. Um, there's a 500 30 reviews and while it has a 4.2 out of 5 rating the five star reviews definitely seem fake or paid um, the one stars are more authentic and you can definitely tell those are real so the five star reviews are just like this is an amazing app it's it's going to be so popular it's so easy to use i love it all the content is great and it just seems very, very like they have no criticism. Usually if there's a five star, they just I don't know, you can just tell honestly what's a what's a robot and what's real. Um, but yeah, the one stars um, talk about how there's no way to upload your own videos. And so with TikTok, like I said, you can upload your own videos to um, kind of increase the limit of 15 seconds. Um, but yeah, there's also it's the interface is hard to use. It's glitchy. It crashes. And the only content on there is from paid top creators. There's no weird um, underground grassroots creators and I downloaded the app I I have to agree it is hard to use it looks like exactly like TikTok but with less content and yeah um the use of bots on their Apple app store reviewing um makes me laugh honestly um, because their use of I I guess AI or artificial intelligence seems um, amateurish compared to TikTok. Uh, so on its website, ByteDance, which owns TikTok, claims to be one of the first companies to launch uh, mobile-first products powered by machine learning technology. And so machine learning technology is nothing new in the digital age. Um, a lot of companies use it, like Facebook probably used for their reviews, where machines can learn and mimic um, natural language to make it seem that it's like a person um, interacting. But with the artificial intelligence in TikTok, they use it in such a way where um, the, the way that you um use the app, like things, watch things, they use that information to push content that they think that you might like. And so artificial intelligence powers all of ByteDance's content platforms, a spokesperson says. Um, they build intelligent machines that are capable of understanding, analyzing text, images, and videos using natural language processing and computer vision technology. So yeah, this this machine learning tech is really driving, I think, the engagement on TikTok. So the average amount of time a user spends is about 52 minutes or so. And uh, I have to 
jump on this train and the fact that I agree. Like I tell myself I'm only going to be on TikTok for um, 10 minutes or 15 minutes max. I like literally set a time. I'm like, okay, 7.45 p.m. I'm going to stop watching. And I can, and then it's an hour. And I just like, I can't believe I've been watching these mind numbing short videos for an hour. But you just, it's just so easy to scroll. And like the content on the For You page is just um, stuff that I really want to watch. Like I have to say, um, I want to try to do an experiment and I might try to do this, um, and let you guys know how it goes, but I'm going to try to maybe download the app and make a new user account on my iPad maybe, and just see, um, if the content on my, on that for you page for a different account, um, is different than the one on the account I'm currently using. Cause I really want to test, um, how well their artificial intelligence works. So I'll probably like search a bunch of art painting tutorials and see if my for you page ends up being more of that content um but yeah I'll let you know if I end up doing that but yeah I definitely think it's interesting that they don't necessarily consider themselves a content or social media platform or a news platform they consider themselves an AI company first and they are really yeah combining that with the consumer mobile um products that users use and um, really pushing content that they think that they will like and this is goes back to my first episode when I was talking about how not everyone everyone is just not consuming the same content anymore um, media there's such a plethora of media choices that um, in order to reach an audience the engagement um, audience engagement that um, content has to be very niche focused And so not everyone is consuming the same media, not everyone is getting the same information. And in that sort of sense, we are creating echo chambers in that we don't necessarily, if we don't want to see some a viewpoint, we just delete it or say we are mute it. And then um, because companies want to keep you on the app as long as possible, um, they don't show you that content either. So that's that's also a very dangerous thing when um, fake news comes into play where um, you have beliefs that you want reinforced and so you go on the internet and you find um, articles or information or people who agree with you. And um, that is a epidemic that is happening in the world. And I think the EU or something um, categorized the spread of misinformation as a serious epidemic um, that needs to be solved in the digital age, just as similar as um, HIV or AIDS or the way a virus spends, <laughs> spreads. Um, misinformation is dangerous as well. And so, um, yeah, I don't really know a good transition into this, but I do want to talk a little bit about the controversy surrounding TikTok. So ByteDance, like Facebook and Twitter, are battling fake news and inappropriate content. I guess that's a good way to transition. Uh, but yeah, they, they, um, they also have their, uh, their troubles with um, stopping misinformation. So regular regulators, they shut down Taoshao, which is their news aggregation service in China uh, for 24 hours late last year um, for basically posts, people, um, people like pushing inappropriate content. And um, 
In April 2018, they also said that they spread unwholesome content on um, Douyin, which is their TikTok version, um, the Chinese version of TikTok. Um, basically, they were saying that child users were making money off their live streaming and posting advertising videos, and that to gain followers, some children were reported doing suggestive gestures or dances. And、um, the founder of ByteDance,、uh, Zhang Yiming, re- responded by saying that the company would increase its content moderation team from six thousand six thousand members to ten thousand members, but they refused to disclose how many of those ten thousand moderators would be working for TikTok or Douyin,、um, because there is also controversy. Controversial. I am mixing up my words today. Controversy、um, on TikTok as well. So the FTC basically、um, fined TikTok, and TikTok had to agree to pay 5.7 million to settle allegations for basically illegally collecting personal information from children under the age of 13, such as names, email addresses, and locations. So when parents reported that their underage children were on TikTok and they wanted their profiles removed, they would. Get their profiles removed, but、um, TikTok would still keep that information. And there are instances where TikTokers, famous teen TikTokers, are getting approached by people who are older、um, in a really inappropriate way. And so now they've created a separate app experience where younger users, younger U.S. users, they cannot do things like share their videos on TikTok, comment on other people's videos, message with users, or maintain a real profile or followers. Uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, Jason Nash, his daughter actually got banned from TikTok. I think for being under thirteen. But he said that the, when asked,、um, this is on their podcast. So David Dobrik, he has a podcast with Jason Nash, and basically he was like, "Oh, so what is your daughter gonna do?" And he was like, "Oh, she's gonna be back on there. She's just gonna create a different account." And so I think that is a really huge issue as well. Is that it is hard to verify your age on the internet, especially as a child, because you don't necessarily have any identification that shows how old you are, and companies aren't really.、Um, Finding a good way to regulate because it is so easy.、Um, like for example, if you want to go on an alcoholic um, website, um, like uh, or like a tobacco、uh, website, all you really need to do is put your age. But you can easily just calculate. <laughs> Teens know how to use math. They can just calculate and put an age that is above twenty one or above eighteen and access this content. So I don't know really necessarily how they are going to solve this. Um, I guess artificial intelligence will play a huge role into determining how old you are, especially, for example, if you put your age in your profile, or、um, if you comment what your age is. They could probably easily find out and then ban you or block you. Of course, they can just make a new profile, but we'll see what happens with that. In my opinion, I feel like that is a bit impossible to keep teens off of these social media networks. Because I remember, as myself being a kid,、um, I mean, I was on MySpace and doing things. Because kids want to act like adults, right? And so maybe the best route would not necessarily be to keep them off, but like、um, TikTok is doing, they, you know, they limit the access that they have on these networks. 
but I would also say that maybe they should focus more on um, blocking people who are approaching these children, um, or maybe there just needs to be a shift um, in the way that we use these networks because the anonymity of um, basically being able to call someone out through the internet, it's a lot easier to bully and to say inappropriate things when um, you're miles away from whoever you're saying it. So I don't know, there just really needs to be a cultural shift because um, kids are going to want to be on these networks and we really just have to, as a society, um, be more appropriate. I guess, which is also very, very hard to do. So yes, this is an epidemic that also needs to be solved. So um, fake news and um, basically how to moderate content for younger users is a pretty tough battle that these um, social media apps face. And I honestly don't know necessarily the right solution to solve it. I don't think there's necessarily one right solution. But I do think measures need to be taken, um, especially um, with, um, I guess, the addicting nature of these apps as well. Because like I said um, in segment one, passive browsing, I think, is a really huge problem that um, uh, we don't necessarily really know that much about. because I feel like with the stats about these social media apps, they don't necessarily want to advertise um, necessarily that people aren't posting content on the app and just consuming it because I just really couldn't find any stats of um, that of that's just being what people do. But just in terms of watching how my friends interact with social media and um, I just see that a lot more people are on these apps just to scroll rather than to post or to create. And I think this habit is really, really unhealthy um, because it creates unrealistic expectations of what your life should look like as well as it is a big time suck. It is a big time suck and it is all consuming. And after you finish doing it, you you never feel good, at least for me. Like I never feel good after spending an hour on Instagram or an hour on Twitter or TikTok. I just feel pretty drained. And so I do think there needs to be more research done there to really encourage or really um, fight for social media applications to change the way that they um, are structured to where, um, yeah, that they're not so um, dangerously addicting. All of these questions and problems are huge, huge issues. So I don't necessarily um, think they can be solved overnight. Um, but yeah, it's good to talk about them and it's good to bring them up in my opinion. But yeah, so uh, we are almost, almost done with the podcast. Uh, I'm going to take one more short, sincere shout out break, and then we will come back to wrap up with my latest media obsessions. Stay tuned. 
Okay, so my last sincere shoutout has to go to Mophie. I have been using their wireless charging base ever since I got my iPhone 10, which was last November. And yeah, they make charging your iPhone so much easier. You literally just put it on top and it starts charging, which is so, so cool to me. Um, but yeah, it's compatible with Samsung and other QI-enabled devices. Um, it delivers 7.5 watts of fast charging speeds. It has a non-slip finish sensor ensure perfect placement and yeah even though it is um a bit unnecessary i guess like you could still like i can still plug in my phone to charge and i do that um occasionally but it's so nice to be able to just pick up your phone use it and then place it back to charge it without having to plug in um a charger like i know it sounds so simple but it's actually really um comfortable to do I guess and so on their website they're having a sale so it's 60 bucks originally now it's going to be 50 bucks so if you just go to the Mophie um, website and just type in wireless charging base you can get it all right back to the podcast Alright, so I'm going to try to be quick with these media obsessions. One, because I didn't really have that many this week, and also I don't necessarily have um, that much storage on my podcast hosting site. So I've bought um, 250 megabytes, and I really need to start uh, conserving and shaving down these podcasts. So if you want to support me on Patreon, um, that would be wonderful, because I do want to try to do this full-time and really um, give you guys the best podcast I can. So I'm going to start with this media obsession segment with the announcement that Umbrella Academy has just announced that they are going to have a season two. Netflix has ordered 10 more episodes, uh, which is so amazing. I talked about them in episode one, I believe. But yeah, if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend, even if you don't like superhero TV shows or series per se, this one is very comedic. So there are a lot of dark and dramatic moments, but there are a lot of lightheartedness and a lot of... Uh, I guess, um, play on the superhero tropes. So the characters are so dysfunctional that they are incredibly interesting to watch. Um, so yeah, definitely binge it if you can. Um, I've mainly been binging, binge watching new girl, actually. Um, I, uh, I have, I watched it when it was first aired on, um, TV on cable in 2012. And this was right when I graduated high school and now rewatching it, um, when I'm in my mid twenties, um, a lot of the scenarios feel, uh, pretty real as I am transitioning into young adulthood. So it is really, really fun to rewatch. Um, season seven has been confirmed to arrive on Netflix on April 10th. So I, I didn't even know that. Honestly, I, I honestly did not know there was even, even a season seven. And so it's pretty cool. I guess I'm watching it in a really, um, um, impromptu time because, uh, yeah, I get to see it all pretty soon. Um, I'm really excited to finish it and also really sad to finish it as well. Cause I feel like with TV shows, you really bond with the characters that, um, that you watch more so than movies because you just watch so many hours of the same characters. I fall in love with TV characters a lot more than I would say movie characters. And 
Um, I love watching bloopers of New Girl on YouTube because um, I feel really attached to the actors as well. So to see them break character is extremely entertaining. If you haven't, I don't know if anyone else does this, but if you haven't watched the bloopers of your favorite TV shows, or um, I highly recommend uh, go going to do that because it is definitely really, really, really funny um, to see the scenes that you see on uh, the show and the way and the actors just laughing or forgetting their lines or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, in terms of other YouTube news, because I always watch a lot of YouTube, by the way, like I, I watch YouTube at, uh, if I'm eating alone, I am always watching YouTube. Like it feels weird for me to eat alone and not watch YouTube. Um, I, I, yeah, that's one of my favorite, um, platforms to consume content. And so, um, I talk about David Dobrik a lot actually, but he actually won a kid's choice award, I think last week. And, um, it's really, really cute to see him win because, uh, he's always wanted to win one. His idol was Josh Peck from Drake and Josh, uh, they're friends now. And so, um, Josh actually presented David with the award and he dressed up like him with his signature black hat and black shirt. And it was a really cute and touching moment. Another cute and touching moment was Shane Dawson and Rylan Adams' engagement. Oh my gosh. So I have been watching Shane uh, for years now. He's been on YouTube for over 10 years. So he's in his 30s now. And yeah, he just proposed to his boyfriend. And it was a really cute engagement. Rylan posted um, their engagement video, basically the story of their engagement. And a lot of things went wrong, but they eventually, um, it eventually be bit uh, was a perfect moment I think it was their third anniversary and he was trying Shane was trying to get to the beach at sunset the uber um did not come in time they didn't even come at all so they ended up being at night but um Rylan's family was there and he had no idea that it was going to happen um I mean he knew it was going to happen eventually but he didn't know it was going to happen that day which I think is the best um if you're going to get married to someone I definitely think you should have a talk about it but in terms of when you propose it is fun to um when it is a surprise but yeah i have both of shane's books actually um i hate my selfie and it gets worse uh he has a very self-deprecating humor um which is it's just he is just such a witty and cynical guy even though he's also i mean he's He's just, he's just really funny. He has very, um, I wouldn't want to say sadistic. That's a bit too far. But his um, book is a lot like David Sedarius, I would say. They're just a collection of essays from his life. And even if you don't watch YouTube, I would definitely recommend reading his books if you like to hear um, basically um, like uh, memoirs or essays from really witty, funny people. And yeah, so the Shane's content has really changed over the years and it's interesting to see um, YouTubers who have been on the platform for over 10 years um, who are um, really really popular in their 20s and now in their 30s they're getting a lot uh, significantly lower amount of views mainly because I think their user base has grown up and stopped watching YouTube and also um, their content got stale for both them and their fans. Um, a lot of people kept doing the same content and it's hard to watch that 
uh, like someone doing a favorites video or um, skits that they always do um, every single week. But Shane has really managed to keep his fan base, um, even though he's drastically changed his content over the years. And I think that is one thing that YouTubers really need to um, keep in mind, I guess, is that uh, you really follow YouTubers for who they are, for their personalities. And so um, if you're getting bored with your content, you should switch it up and not be afraid that you're going to lose your um, followers because it's all about being genuine and really pursuing your own happiness, I would say. And so his content has is completely different from a lot of the YouTube norms in that there, a lot of his videos now, he doesn't post every week, um, which is... Um, probably a lot of YouTube talent agents are like, don't do that. But yeah, no, he's managed to really, really keep his followers. Um, so now he posts like docu-series. So I think he is currently working on a docu-series um, with Jeffree Star. This is going to be his second docu-series with him. Jeffree Star is a makeup artist. And I think for this series, I don't know what's going to happen, but Shane's been really getting into actually using and makeup on himself. So I'm guessing Jeffree's like teaching him or there might be like creating a line for Shane. Who knows? But also, news about Jeffree Star, he had $2.5 million in cosmetic products stolen from his warehouse, including a shade of his new concealer that was set to launch, um, I think, this month or next month. So yeah, that is a pretty big deal. Um, Two point five million, and now it's being sold on the black market, and he has to find, he has to like deal with the law and find ways to deal with that. Um, yeah. So that's a lot of the stuff that I have been consuming. Um, I've taken a bit of a break from Sapiens and I didn't really play um, Two Souls that much this week. Um, but in terms of reading, I have been going through good poems by Garrison Keller because as you guys know, I'm a lover of poetry and good poems is basically a selection of poetry that is, um, organized by Garrison and introduced by Garrison Keller. And I've, ha I've I have that my first book of poetry was good poems for hard times. Um, I did poetry out loud in high school and, um, one of the prizes, um, was this book of poetry and yeah it definitely got me through some hard times I would have to say and so that's why I bought the original good poems on my own and I've flipped um at random pages and read random pages but this is the first time I've actually sat through and read each chapter so the um book is uh, separated in different chapters with poems that are relating to the theme so that you know they'd be like a day music scenes sons and daughters elders and even the color yellow I didn't realize how many poems in included the color yellow until I read this book. And so if you do like poetry, I really recommend it because he has a lot of great poets, um, a lot of prolific poets and a lot of modern day poets. Um, and even if you don't like poetry, but you want to get into it, this is a great way because it gives you such a wide range, a lot of variety. And so, yeah, this brings me to the end of the podcast because the poem that I'm going to read after the outro song is going to be one from Good Poems. And so I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I really uh, I really think TikTok is a really interesting platform. Um, and I think that social media these days, because there are so many platforms, um, it's really hard to be dominant, I guess 
guess. Uh, And the fact that they have blown up in such a short amount of time, I am very, very interested to see how they are going to boost their engagement or how they are going to um, basically get more people to download. And it's also very interesting to see social media shift um, from connecting with your friends to connecting with strangers and producing content that um, is more professional and people that relate to rather than documenting your own personal life. So yes, um, I, I'm going to, if you want to stay for, to hear me read a poem, um, you can stay after the outro. Um, but if you don't like poetry, you can skip on to the next episode. So, all right. Love y'all. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a daisyish day. Hello, my poetry enthusiast field daisies. So today I want to read a poem about a mother and daughter relationship and teenage angst. Um, Because TikTok and their users are skewed for a very young audience, I thought it would be interesting to read a poem about um, a mother basically writing a poem for her daughter and how the dynamic really changes. Uh, Because there's a huge trend right now on TikTok of basically um, a teen playing on their phone and then the mom walks in and they have to pretend to be asleep and the mom knows that they've been awake so she's like shaking them being like I know you're awake and they're just pretending to be asleep so that really made me think of this poem so without further ado let's get started Her Door by Mary Leader for my daughter Sarah Marie There was a time her door was never closed. Her music box played for Ellis and Plinks, her crib new-bought. I drew her, sleeping there. The little drawing sits beside my chair. These days, she ornaments her hands with rings. She's seventeen. Her door is one I knock. There was a time I daily brushed her hair by window light. I bathed her in the sink in sunny water in the kitchen. There. I've bought her several thousand things to wear. And now this boy buys her silver rings. He goes inside her room and shuts the door. Those days to rock her was a form of prayer. She'd gaze at me and blink, and I would sing of bees and horses in the pasture. There. Drawing sits as still as naptime air. Her curled-up hand, that precious line, her cheek. Next year, her door will stand again ajar, but she herself will not be living there.